Welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I'm your host, Emily. I'm a Kentucky native, now Boston-based artist, researcher, spirituality, and creativity teacher, and I find absolute delight in the sometimes subtle, sometimes epic ways that we as people discover our voices and begin consciously creating lives filled with meaning and expression. Sacred Adventure Begin features stories from business owners to artists, lawyers to singers, yogis to professors, to inspire you in connecting the threads, themes, and experiences of your own life. Though it can feel unknowable, insurmountable, and perhaps for some of us a bit lonely to be questing for deeper truths and meaning in our lives, stories and conversations like these are powerful and engaging tools to bridge the gaps between the intellect and heart, between the mundane and the divine, between the fantastical and the practical. And I'm so excited to have you sharing this space and being part of these conversations. Let's begin. Hey everyone, I'm so excited to be back. It um, has already started off as a really good year. (laughs) I have to say there have been so many changes, some of which I have been sharing with you, um, including a new intro and outro, which I think I need to re-record because I'm not completely happy with the sound quality on them. And that is one of the sort of things that I... um, I want to talk a little bit about as I introduce today's guest, who is Michelle Castro, otherwise known as Dr. Magic. You're going to adore her. She is a really cool life story, and she is a empowerment coach, uh, primarily for women, but I think she does do um, just general empowerment as well. Um, but there's this really interesting dynamic that kind of pops into our heads around being um, perfect. I don't know about you all, um, (laughs) but I have spent a lot of my life just trying to do something right, and it shows up in so many ways in how I treat myself, in how I treat others, in what I allow myself to try or not to try to do, and that has been coming up actually quite a bit for me in the past month because I've been knowing that some things need some changing or need some looking after. And so I've been kind of like going back in and saying, okay, you know, it's okay to look at something and say that it's not right. And it's okay to try something new and put something out there. Also put something out there knowing it's not perfect. And you could even add the caveat yet. And sometimes, and I don't know about this for you, but sometimes it takes me a little while to figure out what will change something to make it, quote unquote, more right or more usable or more engaging. And I I find that that's like sort of like um, <laughs> kind of like an interesting zone <laughs> because creating can be so vulnerable. I mean, even just a podcast But I've been really also um, trying to get back into making, quote unquote, more serious art or making art that I feel like is is saying something in particular, not just sort of like a fun little exploration, but something, again, serious isn't the right word, Uh, something that has a little more intellectual depth to it and takes me a little more time and uses a little more of my skill. And I've been resisting doing that for a lot of reasons. Um... But also, I have I have been resisting um, even just like 
sharing a lot more of my life with you all or setting up a Patreon or, you know, like there, there's things where it's always, it's always something, uh, with the painting, it was because I really don't have space for it. And to tell you the truth right now, I have it set up in my studio up here and this just simply isn't going to work for another like longer still life. I'm going to need to set it up in the basement or set it up in the guest room and draw in there and just clean up really, really well afterward. Um, but I couldn't know that this space really isn't good for that if I didn't just like do it, try it, see what happens. And so that's kind of what I, I want to break down a little bit for you is there's this like stopping point for a lot of us in the creative process where maybe we get an idea. Some people like to call them a spiritual download. And we have a moment where we just run, like literally it's like brain autopilot. We run all the reasons why we can't do the thing right now. I don't know what project you're working on. Maybe you're thinking about taking a class or teaching a class. Maybe you're thinking about starting a new job or looking for a new job or um, hiring someone or I don't know. I don't know. What are you doing? (laughs) But there's this like part of our brain that when change comes along or when something's going to require effort, it automatically starts in with all of the ways it's going to be terrible. or all of the reasons why you can't do it. For me, I've been running again with the painting, the dialogue, like, I don't have space for this. It's going to get in my way. It's going to take a long time. It's going to be painful. It's going to, it's going to take a lot of thinking. And honestly, it hasn't been painful, uh, only just painful in that, um, I don't have a very good studio chair yet. And so my bum hurts a little bit <laughs> from sitting <laughs> to draw for so long, but actually it's been really fun. And Instead of powering through it like I would normally have to do, because normally I wait to make these kind of pieces until I have a deadline, and then it's like I have to sit down and do them right now, I've actually been giving myself like an immense amount of permission to work slowly on this thing. And that in turn has been really actually super healing and delightful for me. So I'll work for a couple hours and then I'll stop. And, um, I work based on, uh, if if my body starts hurting, I stop, I go do something else. I take the dogs for a walk or, you know, I get on, we have a foam roller, get on my foam roller and I roll out my shoulder. And I've been trying to share a little bit more of the process, like of making the piece over on Instagram. I've been shooting these like hilarious reels. Um, (laughs) but I'm looking forward to working a little bit more this way. And it, yes, it completely terrifies me that I don't have a show scheduled. So I'm making these pieces that I do ideally would like to have in a show. Um, I would like it to be a solo show, but I don't have anything scheduled just yet. And that is terrifying in its own way, too, because it's like you spend all this time on this thing and maybe nobody sees it. But thanks to the Internet, I mean, at least I can tell on Instagram, at least 200 people have already seen the piece in progress. (laughs) So so it really has been about breaking down like all the ways that the brain starts to say no, not you, not now, not this. And I think that we do that. This could be applied to literally anything. Again, like let's say you're getting ready to start teaching a course or you have an idea like you want to teach a yoga class or how about this? Uh, You want to teach a, a tax course for artists or forget artists. Maybe you want to apply for a new job. Let's do that one. 
and the brain starts to go. (laughs) Yeah, but it takes so long to update your CV or your resume. And yeah, but then you have to write cover letters for every job that you send it out to. Or yeah, then you have to contact, uh, you know, headhunter agency or whatever. And it starts to to tell you all the ways why you can't do the thing or why you don't want to do the thing. And part of the beauty of being in spiritual practice is that you have tools to engage that part, right? To really look at it and say, okay, like, yeah, that's true, but also I would like to sit and draw something beautiful and have that be a, a, a process that I enjoy and that I relish and take pleasure in instead of having to rush through. And uh, yeah, like it's going to suck having to like go through all the details of my work history to write them on my resume, Um, And I may get even rejected by a couple of jobs as I put myself out there. But I know that the one that I'm in currently isn't right for me or I have bigger dreams than than what I'm currently doing and I I want something more so I, I need to do this. And then you start like opening to the idea that, you know, maybe this thing could be easy. Maybe I could do it a different way. And that is like, I think for me sort of the power of uh, spiritual practice and a coaching pra- practice when they're combined. Uh, and something that I'm certainly doing for myself and my clients and stuff like that. But <laughs> but also something that we can really just tenderly do for ourselves as we're getting ready to create or as we're getting ready to step into something new. Again, like I said, new um, intro to the podcast, new outro, uh, the works, <laughs> setting up... Um, a Patreon. And if you subscribe to the Patreon, you do get to ask uh, questions of guests beforehand. Um, <laughs> if you respond to those call outs for questions, uh, they are there, which is really cool. And that's just at the like base level, the $2 a month level, which is a really cool way to support something like this. But even just uh, getting okay with like putting myself out there that way has, has felt really big to me. Um, and getting, you know, closer to or more specific with uh, what it is that I'm doing here with the podcast has also been, again, just a, a revolution. And so that's that's sort of where I've been this week. Uh, the other thing that has been going on um, in my life, if you're keeping up to date, <laughs> is that um, I changed around my schedule a lot. And this is one of the cool things that Michelle and I are going to talk about is just having the bravery to know like what your priorities are. And to really just step into your life and your power because we culturally condition women to not do that. We kind of culturally condition us to put aside the fact that we would rather be on the couch watching football with, you know, the family, but instead, you know, the kitchen stuff needs to be done and we're the ones who have to do it. And uh, (laughs) that kind of conditioning can get in the way when you're getting ready to maybe start a project or uh, step into your life is that you'll have a tendency to, and this isn't just women, a lot of people do this, uh, because we're in the habit of trying to earn our love uh, or earn our self-worth in the eyes of others that will often sort of betray ourselves or betray our desires or not speak up for ourselves and what our needs are. And I was also doing this a little bit. So the past week, I have been going through my um, schedule And I have been blocking out whole days um, and periods of time so that I do have time to work on artwork, which is a priority for me. 
and something that I've really never let be a full priority. I mean, I've always taught and I make art working again a priority when I have a deadline, but this is the first time where I've really said, you know what, no, I'm going to take this time. It's going to be mine. I'm going to spend it on this thing that's part of my profession, part of my sole purpose, and I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> and I'm not going to worry about like if somebody won't book with me because I didn't save that day. And that feels really profound to me as well. And so Michelle and I are going to talk about that sort of a little bit, but that's what I've been into. It, it actually, like, I did it, you know, like I redid my schedule and what days of the week I was working and stuff. And I felt this like weird pang of guilt as I was like blocking off all these days. I was like, oh, this is just like too much. I don't even think I can do this. And it was one of those wake up moments <laughs> for me. Um, and that I kind of hope now secretly that everybody gets to try and enjoy at some point in their lives. But yeah, that's mostly what I've been up to. I also am currently refusing to schedule anything on Saturdays and Sundays because my husband's job is so busy. Um, and even though I might, you know, be available those days, I like to have those days open for when he has his schedule open then. Um, and it isn't about in that case, like putting my needs aside so that it's literally about saving time for our relationship, uh, so that, that I can be available when he can be available. And that has also felt really, really good to me. We've been walking, um, long walks because there's, you know, there's no clients to see on Saturday or Sunday anymore. And that also, I know limits who can work with me, um, and obviously, if somebody really wanted to work with me and they absolutely couldn't make any of the other days, I would, you know, help them or uh, work something out with them. But uh, it's just been a total revolution to, like, wake up in the morning and to be able to decide, you know, when we leave the house to go for the walk and to not have to be back at a certain time or to do a certain thing. And so that has been also really expansive and and fun and just a, a really interesting place to be in. Um, and I more or less got here at the beginning of the year because I started thinking about my time and how I wanted to use my time and, and what I wanted to do and what could be more efficient or effective or if I was doing actually what I really wanted to be doing. And I made a list of sort of like my goals and the things that I wanted to do and art was a little bit higher than I expected it to be on there. And uh, I really... I really also felt called by like my guides and I was receiving a lot of messaging about like art to make and directions to go with my artwork. And I felt really excited about it and I knew I wouldn't make it a priority if I didn't make it a priority. So there you have it. <laughs> I would love to know if you're out there too, just scheduling better, learning how to schedule, learning how to you know, solve problems and figure things out and, and not stop making excuses because I think excuses can also be very important <laughs> um, parts of our processes. But um, I, I personally have been teasing out like what's an excuse and, uh, and what's actually like me avoiding something because it's unsafe for me or whatever. Anyway, I'm going to just go ahead and introduce Michelle to you. She is an author. She is so amazing and so cool. And she does coaching. And I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. So here she is. 
hello, listeners, and hello, Michelle Casto. Welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I'm super pumped to have you here to talk about your work. And if you could just start by saying hi to the listeners and telling them a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do in the world. Well, thank you for having me, Emily, and, and hello, everyone. Um, I'm Michelle Casto, and my work is with purpose-driven people who are ready to manifest their bold vision and their wealth goals. And I work with them on an energetic level, as well as an underlying, like, what is your purpose and in a strategic level. And so results happen as if by magic, I do have a a unique spiritual gift of, of manifesting. And so a lot of my clients will, you know, reach their goals in record time. Um, And basically, that's who I am. I also am an author, but we can get into some of that a bit later, too. Yeah, I saw that you have written like five books, something crazy like that, or more than that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Holy moly. Well, there is so much to talk about. And let's, I guess, start with um, what's your background? Like, how did you get into this work? My background was that I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, so when familiar. I was in grad school, <laughs> I did an internship um, in the career center because I figured that would be a good way for me to find out some things. And that was really my initial foray into coaching was uh, I worked in the higher education system in the career counseling uh, arena. Once I graduated, that turned into a, a job. And then very early on in my career, I was living in Atlanta, Georgia at the time. And I took some early early coach training. I'm talking back in the day, uh, coach training uh, and got hooked and knew that this was my calling. And so got involved right around 99, 2000. And after I became a coach, I also discovered that I was an author. And so some of my first books were written. And then as I evolved as a coach and mentor, um, I moved quickly into the life purpose work and the deeper spiritual aspects of, you know, manifesting and conscious creation and the awakening process. That's so cool. So I was, uh, (laughs) I was checking you out, (laughs) 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 hanging out on your website. And I noticed that you have a PhD and you did Mm -hmm. just mention grad school, but could you share with the listeners what your PhD is in? Yeah. And it is a non-traditional PhD, but I still did the research. I did a literature review on what was called the science of success and the positive correlation between coaching and cognition. So basically, I read a ton and ton and ton of books and and, um, the science and the research on cognition and coaching. And intuitively, I knew that that made sense and there had to be a connection because I saw the results already. Um, But it pulled together all the different aspects, some of the self-help authors, some of the neuroscience people, some of the quantum or spiritual and threaded that together. Um, and actually, I do go back and read that on occasion because it's like it reminds me of what I already know. But sometimes we forget. And I think sometimes that's what's the most interesting thing about our path is that I think early on, we really know who we are. But life and our personality and other people kind of pull us off path. So it really is a great um, tool for me when I need to remind my own self that mindset really does matter and that there, you know, that there is support, support for the field of coaching. Yeah. Well, so it sounds like 
in terms of support for the, there's so many lines I want to tug on right now. (laughs) So it sounds like what you're saying is the support for the field of coaching, which essentially is support for like anyone who's listening, who's thinking about like, well, how do I um, get myself, you know, back on my life path or how do I discover my life path or how do I like help myself progress in it is that Mm -hmm. you're saying there's there's scientific support for it. There is uh, like cognitive support for it. There is intuitive support for it. And there's like, how would you define coaching as maybe separate than psychology, separate than the study of cognition and also separate from intuition? How would you sort of, how would you sort of place that? You know, for me, I always like to say that um, we're social human beings are social creatures and we learn in relationships. So coaching is that relationship Mm. where it ties together the mentoring and learning, but also the social aspect and the trust and the intimacy that gets created uh, from the coach. And, you know, part of the research uh, about uh, why coaching works, for example, is when you work with a coach, you have new ideas and new insights, and that can be, that can show up visibly on, uh, when you have epiphanies or ahas, it'll show up on the the graph or the science machine <laughs> or the <laughs> word. But um, but it'll literally show up when you have those ahas. And then the other piece that I think makes coaching work is because, you know, it's a simple thing, but it's a profound thing. And it is that accountability that someone is going to be checking in on you to see how you did with those goals or where you fell short or what might be blocking you. Now, for me, you know, the ultimate mentor is somebody who is kind of a triple blessing who can not only do the strategy, but can bring in the soul and the spiritual aspect, too, because so much of what holds us back from living our path and living our purpose is the energetic mindset blocks or even like um, deep down emotional issues that just haven't been resolved yet. And that's why we also need somebody, I feel, who's been trained in some of the more um, uh, quantum or energetic modalities. Oh my God. You're singing the song of my soul right now (laughs) for, yes, for listeners who maybe don't even know what that would look like. How, um, how would say, uh, getting into spirituality or working with a spiritual coach, like what would that give them or what would that look like? Because I, I heard you say like the quantum modalities and I, I know mm-hmm. what that means, but listeners might not. Mm-hmm. So can you break that down a little bit? Yeah, I think a great example that everyone can relate with is we all have like an inner critic or a saboteur. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the modalities that I work with um, and methods that I use with every single client, no matter if they're just beginning or if they're, you know, high-end sophisticated client because we all have inner voices in our head and actually in our body system and our psyche that um, pretty much want to keep the status quo going, which is what a saboteur does. It was a part of our psyche that got hired in to keep us safe and protected. So obviously if you hire a coach and, or you want to make a change in your life, that is going to trigger that aspect within you. So how, a quantum coach or an energetic coach would help with that is I have a process that I call fire your pesky saboteur and hire your inner rock star. <laughs> and those are great words, right? But what that really means is, is going in and befriending and getting to know that aspect and doing some energy alignment work to bring it on board with the purpose and the higher path and getting uh, basically uh, cooperation 
because if it's if it is allowed to run in the background it just kind of like trips you up and then you don't even know what's wrong because you're like well why do I keep hitting the same wall well, it's usually a saboteur or a sabotage. So that would be an example of how it can really help people. Because I always say, if you do nothing else the entire year for yourself, if you at least work on your saboteur with a coach, you would be amazed at what can open up for your reality. I 100% agree with that. And I feel like the saboteur has so many different levels. Like sometimes it's rooted in like the inner child having fear. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's rooted in um, things that we absorb from our environment, like, you know, money being evil or um, like that we don't have power, you know, learned helplessness kind of things. And so I'm curious in, in terms of, and those all sort of have, I want to say like psychological underpinnings that we could really Mm -hmm. easily go into. This is in psychology, how this works. This is how your cognition like breaks that down. But can you talk maybe a little bit about how it's also like a spiritual problem or a spiritual issue and the ways that you kind of guide people around working through that? Um, Can you say, give me more of an example? Cause I have a lot of different things in my mind. And I'm yeah. not sure well, you could just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I mean for that to be sort of an open-ended question, but, um, when I, I feel like when I do work with the saboteur and I do spiritual work, let's say with the inner child, I'm bringing the inner child in and I'm using like meditation techniques to speak to it, but also to find out what it's actually afraid of, because usually yeah. that fear then leads me somewhere else. And there's lots of different ways to sort of like, address that spiritually or address that through coaching. And so I'm curious the, the ones that, you know, you find most useful uh, or the ways that you, that you sort of address that. Okay. So like more like, how do I work with it? So um, yeah. So for me, the way I work with that in particular is getting to know it and then changing the energy around it. Um, I do a lot with just like naming things, changing the energy, having the person start to learn, that they have power over what they're thinking and feeling as part of this process. And I would say that almost any block, I don't want to, I mean, it's not like it's all spiritual, but it sort of is because like we came down here to create a reality and then we were given a certain amount of things to experience. And I often say that the curriculum for our enlightenment is our life. So even if you're dealing with an inner (laughs) child issue, it sort of is a spiritual thing in my in my point of view um, I, I agree with your point of view because <laughs> <laughs> it's all spiritual 100%. right yeah <laughs> and, and to me psychology and spirituality that's why I love them because I actually think they're very closely related and you know if you if you talk to people like that aren't awakened or that aren't on the path like they don't want like I'll give you an example I have a friend from high school she was dating this guy over the summer and, you know, I, I'm just being mean. I just ask simple questions like, hey, what's your favorite color? And what are three qualities of the color? Just to get to know somebody. Yeah. This tripped this person out so incredibly a lot. Like, it was like the question. Michelle was so curious. And I was like, wow, I just wanted to know, like, the qualities of the color. Like, just re- it kind of reflects your personality. It was no big deal. But it's like when people are living at the surface, you can't even scratch a little, like, question like that without them getting uh, unhinged a bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, and so to me that's because the psychology and the spirituality are at the heart of the matter. And and the world is operating out of their heads and out of their logic and out of their BS. And of course that's what's gotten us into a lot of issues which I don't want to get off on a tangent. 
However, the heart of the matter is the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is knowing thyself, but not just to know thyself, you have to honor what you know. And those are the people that I do my best work with because a lot of my clients are extremely smart. They've read the books, they've gone to the trainings, they may have even written the books, but what they're not yet doing is honoring what they know. And that's a whole nother level of this, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. But also there's like a, um, a vulnerability that you almost have to like prepare someone for, uh, like, like just what you were saying, like a simple question like that turns into, Oh my God, why does she want to know this? And then, then you've got the story that that person is telling themselves that the world is a hostile place or that they're being judged, or if they are seen that they'll be rejected. And so you have this, um, I think, I think it becomes, this is where coaching can really be helpful because like you were saying, you have a trusting relationship with another person where, you know, you can start to dig into that. And that other person isn't going to then be like, Nope, that's too much for me. Or like, Nope, I don't like you. You know, like it it isn't gonna, you're not going to experience that type of rejection there or theoretically you're not. (laughs) Yeah. If you choose the right coach, you're going to have a safe space and you're going to have like the place to open up and share. Right. And, and, you know, and also going back to like an energetic coach, an energetic coach like myself, I transmit an energy and I know that there's a compassionate activation energy in that. So I'm going to totally love you up and help you feel accepting. And at the same time, I'm going to challenge you to go beyond your comfort zone, which of course is what any good coach or mentor would do. Um, but, but the reason why coaching is magical and the best job on the planet, not that I'm biased, um, is because that that's what you're receiving. So when you find that coach and you intuitively know, wow, I, I need to work with this person. Um, you're getting that aspect within them and it's a very beautiful energy exchange. Um, so that's, it's really, really, it's really awesome that way. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent agree. So, uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting that is an experience that you have that you're really showing up for and bringing to the table is when you coach people on their life purpose. And I, I want to like go back. I I'm pretty sure listeners are probably going to start beginning to think that I'm like obsessed with leaving academia. Um, <laughs> but, but the, the career counseling, that um in in that position how long did you work as a career counselor it was pretty short actually yeah Um, well even just a little bit is a a lot (laughs) yeah because I bet that they you saw a lot of students um even just in a single day uh what what did you like what are sort of themes that you notice about like people and their careers and the sort of questions that they have Uh, around that or any like kind of like wisdom or big takeaways that you had from your role doing that? My biggest takeaway is that, you know, I learned all about the Myers-Briggs type personality and all the assessment instruments that they had and all the tools. Mm -hmm. But I tell you, as soon as I became a coach, I didn't really use any of those diagnostic tools because Mm -hmm. you don't really need them. Yes. You just People know, <laughs> people know, people, people came knowing, right. And, and all we've done in society is tried to take away the knowing. Uh-huh. And so all I do is I, I come and I believe that they know, and then I ask the right questions and I feel my own intuition and we got at the same information even quicker and easier because we, we use our intuitive 
knowing. And that's the gift of, of, well, it's a divine gift. And that's one of the big pieces in what I do with my work too, is help people to know that they know and to trust that knowing, you know, and, and also not the head knowing, but again, that heart and soul knowing. Um, and, but in, in regards to like what blocks people, I think that's an interesting thing to talk about in terms of getting on the path. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple key things that I have seen. And, and one is, um, fear of change, right? Because a lot of times our, our purpose is in the courage zone, and we want to live in our comfort zone, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's something that needs to change or many somethings, you know, in my own path, I had to let go. I mean, that was part of my journey too, is letting go of houses and relationships and lifestyles kind of again and again to go on my purpose path uh, to reinvent myself. Because I had outgrown it. And, and that's what keeps a lot of people stuck is, is they stay where they are, even though they've outgrown it. Mm-hmm. And that keeps people like off path. So we have to be willing to go into changing our life or our lifestyle and go into courage. Um, so that's a, so that's a big thing that I've seen that's kept people back. And then the other thing too, Emily, is people think that they can figure out their purpose uh, via their head or their brain. And again, it goes back to that diagnostic diagnostic um, mentality that we've all been kind of shoved down our throat that's supposed to tell us who we are and what we want. And it doesn't, it doesn't work. But then we, you know, people come and they may have been looking for their purpose for 10, 20 years. Sometimes I'll have clients because they're trying to do it from their headspace, And that'll just spin you out again and again and again. So that definitely is a, is a detour. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I feel like, I feel like a lot of the, um, sort of ways that we talk about life purpose, uh, can be helpful to some people and also problematic to others because you've got those like diagrams where it's like your life purpose exists between your passions and what people need and what people will pay for and what, you know, like what resources mm-hmm. you have. And, and so then you're like trying to plug and play, right? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know what people need or what about this or what about that? And I, I, while I think that those could be good for feeling out like what might be possible, what are some mm-hmm. of the ways that you find that are, are that are useful or, um, you could answer it multiple ways, like spiritual, energetic, psychological coaching base that sort of help people, um, get out of the plug and play mentality. Like you were talking about at the Myers-Briggs and get into the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your purpose is really simple. It's like to be who you truly are, you know, and to express happiness. That's our aim. Um, Mm -hmm. In my book, The Destiny Discovery, I I kind of really go into this, obviously. And I see that there's six stages that we go through when we're awakening to purpose. Um, But in terms of like kind of discovering it, there is the stage of awareness. And, you know, awareness is kind of being exposed to different things and um, kind of paying attention to to what draws you forward. Um, How do I want to say is also what you can't not do. Like, <laughs> um, that's my best explanation right oh my there. God, is what I love you cannot that. do 
<laughs> yeah. And it's like, I have an example, like I'm a writer and, you know, obviously I like to write, but I don't make millions of dollars off that what I write. I can promise you, uh-huh. but I can't not do that because that's what I do. That's who I am. That's my expression. That's what makes me happy. So therefore I am on purpose. And see, a lot of times people get caught too, because they think, the personality will tell me I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And we spend all this time looking at what we're not or what's not missing. And that's not where purpose lies either. Purpose is who I am and who I am can be very simple and basic and pure, but we don't value that yet. We're still coming into a whole new paradigm shift of what we truly value and what is meaningful. Yes. And what is meaningful is like what lights you up, what you can't not do. That's where it is. That is so beautiful. That is so beautiful because (laughs) (laughs) I think that, um, and there, I've heard a lot of like popular theories about this now, and it's something that I talk about in the mystical, spiritual, magical program, but, uh, we're living in an era of toxic capitalism, which Mm -hmm. would tell us that every action that we need to take needs to somehow like result in a monetary, uh, affirmation. Like I did this good thing and because it's good, I got money for, from it. And that's crazy. It is. And Mm -hmm. it is this like, it's toxic, um, capitalism. Like everything you do has to get money or be in some kind of trade or some kind of, uh, like transaction with the universe or with yourself or with other people. Yada, yada, yada. That is not, that's not purpose preach so (laughs) and so it's so that's how we do relationships that's how we do life and then we wonder why the hell things aren't getting better (laughs) excuse me wake the hell up people you can't be transactional and get something because purpose and passion is about giving when you're in a passionate love relationship you want to give that's what you want to do when you're on purpose you want to give you want to be you want to share I mean, it don't matter if somebody pays for your book. It's like you wrote that book because it took you on a transformational journey. And hey, if one or two people tell you that it helped them, that is the payoff. Preach. The payoff is the exchange of your love. Uh, and and okay, so I also want to separate this from abundance because you do, and anyone who's listening, um, you do need money to live in current yes. society. And also yes. it's not wrong to um, ask for money and accept money for your gifts, for your purpose. Yes. In fact, that's a really good and wonderful thing. But I love, and I really want to validate what Michelle just said when she said, uh, like, I write books. I'm not putting the pressure of making a million dollars on this book. I'm letting the book do the good in the world. And I'm letting the book, the actual act of writing the book do its good within me. And that's part of my purpose. And that is so revolutionary to hear. (laughs) And I was so happy that you said it. (laughs) So if we kind of pivot a little bit and talk about, um, because I know that you also do, so you help people figure out how it is that they can be on purpose and then also how they can manage that with uh, creating abundance in their life. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because I feel like writing is a good example. Like when you're writing and you're in flow, you're not editing. That's a whole different. That's an analytical uh, process. Yes. And it's a different process. Same thing with your purpose. When you're discovering your purpose and you're exploring, you're not really doing and marketing it. 
And this is where people get a little confused because when people come to me and say, well, just tell me what I'm supposed to do and I'll go do it. Uh However, according to my stage theory process, um, which does work, there's six stages that we go through from when you first awaken, right? And awaken is when you like, usually it's a, can be a rude awakening because we don't (laughs) awaken easily. Um, So a change in jobs or careers or um, relationships and like, okay, I got to do something different. That's the first stage. Then you get into, I mentioned it, awareness when you start like maybe reading a book or listening to a podcast and something kind of piques your soul and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. You mean there's more for me? Mm-hmm. And you start to get this awareness. Um, then you move into acceptance. Acceptance is a big stage that I see a lot of people in because uh, some people may have done a little bit of the work and they may have an awareness that it might look like this or it might look like that, but they haven't really accepted it and they haven't accepted their past and accepted and come to terms with healing their heart. Because until you are truly heart empowered, which is why the other book came out, Heart Empowerment for Impasse, I realized that without the heart empowerment, you can know the six stages and you can know the technical aspects of how to find a purpose. But if you have not done the heart healing aspect, you will not be able to express and be a pure channel for your purpose. So that's a whole nother thing. But let's just stick with the acceptance. (laughs) And then um, it's not. Oh, and then after acceptance is articulation, being able to say, this is what I do. This is who I am very succinctly. Right. Without a bunch of words, because I tell you, if you have to write like two pages to say what your purpose is, that's not your purpose. A purpose is very clear and short and like put it on business card. Um, But notice that stage five is action. That stage does not come really until stage five, even though they all kind of interplay without e- within each other. You're taking action at all stages, for example, but truly taking action to put yourself out there doesn't come until then. But a lot of people just say, oh, oh tell me what to do, and then they get an action. But if it's not right action, then they will burn themselves out and stress themselves out and then think that they can't figure it out. Oh, it's because they got tried to put the car before the horse and they're not there yet. And it's like having a baby. You can't make the baby come at two months. The baby's <laughs> not coming until nine months or eight months or later. Like that's the same thing with a purpose. You can't force it. It comes when it comes and there's an evolution and a growth, um, an inner growth that happens with it. So what's stage six? Stage six, very important, allowance. And that is very important because you want to allow and be open and accepting of yourself and, you know, like relaxed through all the stages. Because even when you go through like all these stages and you, okay, okay, I know my purpose. I'm putting myself out there now. I've been doing this for what, three or four years now or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, there's another level that you get to play at because there's always another level to play at. And each Mm. level allows you and invites you to become more surrendered, more open, more divine, and less of you. Now, not everybody wants to play at those levels, and that's okay. But I'll tell you that the people that are the most profound sometimes are often the ones that are overlooked because they haven't gotten the marketing. Sure. Yeah. So let's so that's where that's the whole other game that we're talking about, because you still have to do play the game of marketing and 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 be authentic and, and learn all those soulful strategies. But many times that's where 
some people that are really purified and really standing in their purpose can have a little trouble and a little wobble. But that's, like I said, it's a whole nother aspect of what you're doing. And again, if this was easy, then we'd all have it figured out by now. So there are, <laughs> you know, there are some stages, but I think we're coming into a place now where the discovery process is definitely going and churning and people are saying, how do I reinvent myself and how do I innovate and find solutions to all the issues in the world? That's good, right? Yes. And, and there's many level of purposes that need to be happening to accomplish us moving out of the energy that we're in now. Um, and then once those people get ready, then they can come in to find mentors that will help them with that expression and marketing and sales aspect that does need to happen. This, you, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is so, um, profound and interesting that you've divided it into these six stages and that you've given them names because also it, it almost feels like socially, uh, many of us have woken up to, you know, I've been trading time for money and, uh, the money I get back is, in, isn't, um, appropriate <laughs> that I can't survive. There must be more. And then they start like awakening, but also 2020 has kind of been a huge social awakening of everything that we need to figure out. And I feel like socially we're passing into number two, but there's still things to discover. There's still things to accept, articulate, take action on and make allowance for. And I, I love that you said that many of the actions kind of intertwine with others. Mm -hmm. Um, which is interesting. I just, it's a dance. It really, when we, when yep. we drop it all down into the truth of it, it's a, a destiny is a dance. Yes. And, and one of the things I love to say is destiny dances with people who are already on the dance floor. Yeah. Get out there. You've got to get out there. Dance. You know, it's like, that's where it's happening. And that's the part that that's where the confidence to show up and to, to put yourself out there in a book or a podcast or, you know, a Facebook live, whatever it is that you're called to do, that's where it happens because also when we take those courageous actions and we move out of comfort into courage, then we learn about ourselves and we grow and our angel wings start to unfurl and more information can come in um, that we didn't have before. Yeah, I feel, yeah, I love that you said that it's a dance because even in like, let's say as you're articulating what it is that you do, you might still be awakened by inspiration. You might still grow in awareness as you do it. You're taking action to do it. You're growing in acceptance of yourself and you're like allowing for new information to come in. So it's sort of like, I feel like you outlined like a little circle <laughs> or, right. or better yet, like this, the, the wheel of a bike and you're like the center spoke and you can kind of go back and forth between these stages, but they also do have sort of a natural progression around the outside. Mm -hmm. it, exactly. And like, I love that. That's so cool. So you wrote about that in a book? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that came out in 2012. Um, so and it really is. I mean, I, it's one of those things, because when I write, I am channeling kind of really. Yeah, hundred um, I have to go back and read some of it, too, because it's like, oh, my gosh, this explains this really relatively complicated <laughs> thing. But it actually isn't that complicated. Once you understand there are stages this is what happens during these stages. It's completely normal. Here's how to move through it, you know. But again, these are these are esoteric, metaphysical, spiritual things that a majority of the planet ha has not awakened to be interested in yet. 
That's so, so, yeah, that I feel like is true too, but I think people are open to it and, and hungry for it. So definitely now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you were like, if you were dealing with somebody who's still in that like fear of change or they, they haven't quite come to the point where they're like, all right, I'm still chugging along at all the old ways of being, but I know that there's something more and I'm ready to enter the dance. Like how do you coach people in starting that? Hmm. Yeah. Well, there's two things. Um, and it's like, what are you sick and tired of? And what are you, have you outgrown and ready to change? Like really like owning up that fact. Wow. I've been unhappy in this relationship or job for five years. And four of those years I've been unhappy. Maybe mm -hmm. that's a, that's a sign. Right. And then simply say yes to your yes. If you get a, a sense that something I'm saying or something Emily says or something you see on Facebook, like light something in you and you feel a resonance with a mentor, say yes to your yes. Follow the nudge and have a conversation or read more about what they're up to. Um, learn and grow in that way. And then um, just follow the yeses because that's really where you're going to find the breadcrumbs that lead to the life that you know is possible that has the more that you've been looking for. And um, basically comes back to I, the way I talk about it in the book now, I'm thinking about it is we all have a yearning that's undefined, a yearning that's undefined, but it's in there. It's like this feeling that there's more for me. I'm meant to be doing more, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's it. And I think there's a quote that I'd like to bring in here too. It's like, so if you hear a voice within you saying that you're not a painter, then by all means paint and that voice will be silenced. That was a Van Gogh quote. Um, <laughs> right. And so it's like, shut the hell up and just do it and just stop like ninny bagging and being a whiner and like letting yourself sabotage and, you know, go and paint or go and write. Then you can't say you're not a writer anymore because now you just wrote, you know, a paragraph. It's like we spend so much time negating ourselves and not enough time building up and seeing the good that we are. And this is the great tragedy of humanity. Yes. I also, that quote <laughs> uh, appeals to the uh, defiant child in me. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, voice of saboteur. I will now defy you with my success and bravery. <laughs> yep. That's so funny. I also actually, it's, it's kind of funny that you, um, both have brought up marketing and, um, you know, like brilliant people sort of being understated in, mm -hmm. uh, in, in like maybe social media or maybe in the like mass mind's eye, like, because I think a lot of people would say like, okay, I found the mentor, but I can't afford them. Or I, I did this, but I can't, like, I can't do that. And they start throwing up their roadblocks. So I'm curious kind of like how you advise people to like maybe, okay, so the first step to getting in the dance <laughs> is <laughs> I listening to the voice that says like, I want to paint, but I'm scared or I want to do this, but that. And then how do you get them? How do you help them get over the butt? Whatever the butt is that they're throwing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a great question is what is your life going to be like um, two or three years from now if if you if you choose this? And energetically, this is a good one. Uh, this is my favorite. It's energetically check 
with do a gut check. When you think about, oh, wow, should I work with this client or this mentor? Feel into it and feel, will this contribute to my life and energetically feel what possibilities and potentialities open up? And then feel into, if you don't choose it, what's what's possible or what's likely going to happen in your future? And you know, again, you know the answer, but the, the, the key is, is to say yes to your yes and oh. to 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 notice when it feels expansive and light that is usually what is right if it feels heavy or like a thud or um dense then that's not something you need to pursue and i think people do need to check it out with their discernment they do need to be discerning with mentors because here's one more thing i've been doing this for a long time there's a lot of bs in the industry still <laughs> There's a lot of bullshit and bullshitters and there's there's basically two kinds of people that you'll come across, in my opinion. Now, there's a lot more, but just let's make it simple. You've got the guru stars that have the great marketing and know all the right things to say and look good and like it's magazine marketing. I'm sorry. I just got on Instagram. I didn't know I was supposed to look like a magazine. That does not make a good coach. I'm sorry. Just because you take good pictures does not make you a good coach. That means you know how to take good pictures and you got to whatever. That's And that's fine. But then you've got people that are wisdom guides and wisdom guides work with you. They know that you have the answers. Gurus tell you that they know and you don't. And you should pay X amount of money to find out what you already know. That's bullshit. You already know. If you want somebody to rock your world and rock your destiny, you've got to work with somebody who's understated and maybe a little invisible, but whose heart is on with you. And because they know that, you know, they will walk beside you as you discover your truth. Mm. That's who you want to hire. I love that so much. It, it's been something that I have actually um, been thinking about a lot as I consider like, how and where I am engaging in transaction or consumption. <laughs> you could say it that way, like with the universe, because I actually, um, for example, and I'm sure you're, you get into continuing learning too, and maybe can share some stories like this, but I've been looking, I've been wanting to explore my singing voice um, more and I want to do it like from a spiritual perspective. So I've been looking for spiritual, like, teachers and teachers of voices when I had mm -hmm. this like revelation where I was like getting on on Google to try and like research people and the the like I uh, I did I have also a number that I want to invest in it and I don't you know for a lot of reasons like don't want to go over that number I mean it's enough that I'm investing in my opinion energetically mm -hmm. and <laughs> And the first people that come up on Google are the big people who paid for the Google ads, right? Who paid the SEO people to write in the thing. Not again, not that there's anything wrong with doing that. And then I remembered, oh my God, Instagram. And like, and then I asked like, what kind of hashtags would those people be using? And I typed into Instagram, uh, hashtag empowered voice and a bunch of people exactly like what you were describing, where I'm going to be able to get the attention that I need, where it's an affordable price for me. Um, those people exist too. And that's one tool of how to find them. And so <laughs> it's kind of beautiful in that idea of, what you're talking about, like asking, like, what do I need? What do I want? And how do I find it that we have so many tools to like finding those? So I guess my question for you, <laughs> it's a long way of asking, um, is 
uh, how do you sort of uh, guide people in in finding that? And also, like, what are your what are your industry secrets for finding that in your own life? <laughs> hmm, for me, I I do seem to find the mentor. It's like when the teacher is ready, the, the uh, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So I think there's a certain readiness factor that people need, um, and I I feel that the best way in terms of a mentor is, you know, following their Instagram or following them online, seeing what they're up to, of course, seeing if you're resonating, but if you can get a chance to have a session with them, um, a lot of coaches do do small, short sessions. You get to talk to that person and feel how you feel. And that's really key. I also want to warn people of um, things that I know will block your wealth because um, this year I'm, I'm doing a couple things around this whole exact topic for light workers and change agents. Perfect. One of them is called finding your wealthy queendom. But what I want to teach people and talk about is that I see two things that people are doing that is so wrong. One is they're dabbling. Ah. So they're just, they're just dabbling. So they're taking free course after free course and signing up for this and signing up for that. And they're on a hundred million email lists. Um, and that's dabbling. And they're really not, and that's information overload and you'll never really make progress. You think you're busy, but it's like, you can imagine being on a rocking horse and rocking back and forth, but you never get where you're going. You never get out of the gate, Yep. but you're rocking back and forth real good. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's a total crock. It's a crock. You're lying to yourself. You're never going to change, right? And then the second thing is, uh, being not willing to invest in yourself, just plain and simple investment is initiation. Investment is initiation. When you say to the universe, I'm spending $10,000, even if you've never spent that amount on yourself before, everybody's gone through it. That's gotten where they are. You, You could talk to any person on the planet who's gotten successful. They've all had times where they spent more money than they ever could imagine. Yep. It's a strange in themselves because that is what it takes. So my recommendation is to find somebody or two people that you, two or three people that you resonate with and only focus on them, but then choose to work with one and follow their pathway and give yourself an actual chance to follow a program and a proven pathway with somebody that you trust because that is what works. I, I find that really interesting. I do, I do kind of want to like point out to anyone who's listening, who's like, uh, maybe just lost their job from COVID or whatever that, and I don't know if you did it this way too, but if you go back to that, like, how does this feel in my heart? Does it feel expansive or does it feel contracting? That will be a, a really important way to make sure that you're not, cause I hear a lot of stories, um, of people who are like, okay, well I invested 10,000 and I like, didn't get the return on that or whatever. And mm-hmm. I, I don't hear that very often. Um, but I did just see, uh, somebody in distress posting in, in a group that I'm part of about how she got into like mega, 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 mega debt doing that energetically mm-hmm. with the universe being like, I'm putting this out here. And we could probably talk forever about like the energetics that have to get in alignment for abundance to come into your life. Um, if, if that's something that you're struggling with, but I always say like before, before you, when you're stretching yourself, make sure that the stretch feels good to you. I mean, when, when you're stressing yourself, there's a little bit of stress of like, you know, Oh no, this is a stretch. I could lose this, but I always check in with, 
is, is this amount of money going to absolutely sort of like ruin my day <laughs> or does putting this amount of money in feel like something I'm really excited about and I can't wait to see what comes back to me through the universe and, and really like letting that be what guides you in making mm-hmm. those sort of choices. Um, because yeah. yeah, a lot of throwing money at the problem and that doesn't work. No, that doesn't work either. <laughs> no, it really is. There's so many little nuances, but honestly, what you're saying there. And, you know, another thing that I practice very much, cause I also teach mindfulness leadership. It's mm. my other thing that I do and mindfulness, uh, I have a acronym for that, but the last is the D and the D is discernment, right? Mm discernment like hello highest form of intuition that comes from the hard knocks where you didn't make the best choices it also it comes from being discerning but it also mainly comes from trusting yourself and trusting your gut and your heart that you know what's right for you um and it's a practice of 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 leaning into and moving towards the yes um more and more often because that is what ecstatic success is and that's the name of my company is you know, we don't just want success. That's just very flat and whatever. We want ecstatic success, which is the happiness and the bliss and the joy of feeling expanded and fully expressed um, and on purpose. So it's all about discernment when it comes to the money stuff in particular. I just had a second <laughs> when you were saying that where I uh, like felt so powerfully into the word ecstatic an ecstatic success. And I, well, I love E words like empowered, (laughs) enthusiastic, (laughs) ecstatic. Um, but yeah, that, that is so beautiful. And so is discernment. So if I, if I brought this around kind of back to using our life story as, um, examples or as, as honing beacons for people so that they can understand, like it, you don't just like, I feel like discernment and self-trust are something that are developed over time. Mm-hmm. And so can you, can you maybe talk about an example from your life where you, where you did something that really stretched you early on. So people who are at the beginning of their path can relate to it. Cause I feel like if I sit here and I'm like, okay, yeah. And then I invested, you know, $20,000 in a coaching mentorship, people who maybe just lost their jobs are like, okay, cray, cray, but <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, yeah. I, my first 10,000 uh, or a little bit more was around 2012 when my book came out. And for me, that was a big amount of money. Up until then, I'd, I'd been working with a coach, uh, lots of coaches on and off, but one lump sum for the book launch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really was just um, an investment. In it, and, and I guess maybe in a way, I'll be honest, it wasn't just me. It was the book. And that made it a little bit more digestible. Yeah. Yep. You know, like I could, I could justify it in my mind. I was launching the book and there was marketing that the book needed. Um, I think it really is an interesting uh, exploration for folks is like, how do you feel about investing in yourself? And, mm. and, and that is such a deep exploration. And, and, you know, I think we could go in all kinds of directions with that. But um, now that I'm saying it, I, I do, I can see where it was more easy for me to make that choice because it was a book. And now that I have a different relationship with my money and with myself, I can invest that amount or more much easier because I know I'm worth it. And so, are, so is everybody out there. Now, the good thing is that not everybody charges that. And again, if you look beyond the superstars that are maybe charging a little bit more and you, 
look a little deeper, there's many, many people out there that will work with you. And that, especially with the COVID thing, will work with you on payment plans and all kinds of different ways. Um, so it's just a matter of like being willing to find, to find a way to make it happen for yourself. Yeah. And if you're interested and invested in like actually learning the thing, you probably have your finger on the pulse of who you might want to work with already. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can say that, um, there was a time in my life where I took a huge risk and I decided uh, not to take a teaching position so that I could travel to India. And there was no, um, I wasn't planning on monetizing my trip at all. And uh, I had, or, you know, like gaining income from that trip in any way whatsoever. And I, uh, but it gave me the rest and the inspiration I needed to uh, then come back and have the energy I needed to to make up that income deficit that I created when I said, well, I'm going to take this. This is the investment I'm making myself is saying no to this so that I have time for something else that I feel passionate about. So like stretching yourself and investing in yourself could be investing with time, could be investing with love, could be also investing with money or saying no to a source of money that's taking too much from you. Yeah. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Really and, good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I feel like, uh, it, it, and it, it can be small steps too. You could be like, I'm going to spend $10 on a breathwork session <laughs> or I'm going to buy this book and work through Michelle's, uh, you know, six steps. But like, it is that, that act that really sort of kicks off the energy flow with, with you in your life and, and with making changes in your life. Yes. Little change, ba baby steps count too. Absolutely. Yeah. They all add up. Yeah. It's just, and I think that's key though. It's acknowledging. I think that's also another tip for everybody. It's like, acknowledge where you are saying yes to yourself. Acknowledge where you have made some small changes or you did take a different route, you know, and pay attention to that because that will help it grow. I love that so much. Also, I feel like when you take the baby step and you see that like disaster didn't happen, like, okay, I didn't become destitute. My life still worked. I made up the income in other ways that I wasn't expecting because I had time to do those things. Like mm -hmm. it, it sort of makes you braver and bolder and bolsters you for the next investment. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So in terms of like, I guess the other question that I kind of, or direction that I kind of want to take this in before we sort of wrap it up is uh, what advice or what types of um, lessons did you learn on your spiritual journey, on your spiritual path, or on your path to abundance that you, that you feel like um, you'd like to share with folks right now? Hmm. Hmm. I think the most important thing is self-honesty and uh, healing your healing your heart. I think those are the two most important things you could do to love yourself, care for yourself. And like I said, honor yourself. It's not enough to just know things or know about things uh, because to know and not do is not to know. Uh, it is to honor what we know. And we only really truly know ourselves when we've went through our closets and the shadows and the wounds and transformed those wounds into wisdom. And that's where I really am 
what I'm a stand for now is helping people transform their wounds into wisdom and their wisdom into wealth. That really is the process. Um, and, and it's the process that every human being is on. Um, we're all, we're all wounded. We've all got wisdom and we all want to be wealthy. So <laughs> let's do it. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, I love that so much. Well, how can people work with you and where can they find you? Well, obviously start at my free, uh, my freebie at the website, which is coachmichellecasto.com. And then I am magical coach on Instagram. And I do have a couple of courses just to mention there's finding your wealthy queendom, which is a group mentoring program to help women step into their leadership and their, and their wealth. And then I have a one-on-one quantum alignment program that I'm offering this year. Oh, all of those sound delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually out of like curiosity, I guess, because I, I also, I love on your website that you call yourself Dr. Magic. (laughs) I think that that's like so wonderful. What's the most magical transformation, um, Maybe you shouldn't talk about it in comparative language. Maybe I should just invite you to share a magical transformation, either that's happened in your life or that's happened for a client as, as a sort of like, hey, this is what's possible with this type of work. Mm, yeah. I think my favorite transformations have come in the career uh, at reinvention phases. I've had a couple clients... Um, who wanted to create a CD and he, he wrote all his songs and he self-published his first CD. That was really amazing just to watch. And then another client that I've had, I've really pretty much walked with her through um, getting promoted in her company and taking these amazing like uh, trips because she got president's club to now starting her own business as a result of COVID and just kind of watching that reinvention happen. And it happened with ease and grace as if by magic, which is why my, some of my clients kind of call me that you're so magical and you're Dr. Magic. And that's kind of where that came from. But mainly it's just really manifest manifesting major successes um, in the career realm and in the purpose realm. I love it. So much fun to do. I love it so much. Well, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle Casto or Dr. Michelle Casto, (laughs) Dr. Magic, for being with us and for sharing your story with the listeners today. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Uh, For everyone out there who's listening, you can find all of the links that Michelle just talked about in the show notes. And I will see you soon or talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sacred Adventure Begin. Uplifting our collective stories is so critical to humanity's ability to create sustainable changes in our community and selves, to learn to ask the deeper questions, to share our wisdom, and of course, to learn about new practices. If you feel inspired by the conversations you are part of here, please consider joining us on Patreon at Getting Into It With Emily. That's G-E-T-T-I-N-I-N-T-U-I-T with Emily and supporting Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. We have memberships starting as low as $2 where you get access to teachings, episodes before they are released, and a platform to submit your questions for our guests, as well as opportunities to get in on some visual art making prompts. Sending you so much love, so much awareness, 
and so much self-acceptance at whatever stage in your journey you find yourself on today. Until we talk again, have an amazing day.